This is Air Talk on KPOO 89.5 FM in San Francisco. This is Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. I'm Jess Hanam. And I'm Jamal Dejani. Jamal, the genocide in Palestine, specifically in Gaza right now, has going on to its 43rd day unabated despite claims that the United States, Israel, and Hamas have uh, reached a tentative deal for a ceasefire. The reality on the ground is that over 11,000 Palestinians have been killed, over 4,500 children have been killed. There are a million internally displaced Palestinians still. There is malnutrition and infectious disease outbreaks throughout the Gaza Strip right now. And only in the last three or four days, maybe a couple of hundred liters of fuel has been let in. Neonatal uh, premature babies in Shifa Hospital are dying as we speak, Jamal. And Shifa Hospital is essentially closed down. The Israeli military is inside, as we speak now, inside Shifa Hospital, uh, destroying whatever infrastructure is left there. And I think it's important, and we'll talk about it today, after four or five days destroying Shifa Hospital, there is no evidence of the Hamas so-called command center. So this big lie, which we're going to talk about later, is central to what's going on right now. But before we get to that, you did an excellent interview with Richard Silverstein, who's the editor of Tikkun Ulam blog, and he's going to discuss with you Israel's inability to control the narrative despite embedding journalists within the Israeli military. It's a really great lobby. He's going to talk about harassment and doxing of college students and just what's happening uh, globally right now with the uh, genocide in, uh, in Gaza. That's right, Jess. Uh, so let's listen to Richard Silverstein. We are now entering the seventh week of Israel's bombing onslaught of Gaza. Israel has killed over 12,000 people, 5,000 of whom are children and 3,300 women. Israel's attack on Al-Shifa Hospital uncovered no Hamas command center, and Al-Shifa Hospital administrators say 40 patients, including four premature babies, died at the medical facility since last week and due to power outages. International public outcry against Israel's onslaught continues to grow as Israel's justifications have lost all credibility. Unable to claim the narrative, Israel's defenders are now working to suppress all dissent. They are doubling down on muzzling all speech critical of Israel on campuses, social media, platforms, and public assembly. Joining us to discuss this and more is Richard Silverstein, he authors the Tikkun Olam blog, which is devoted to exposing the human rights abuses committed by the Israeli national security state. His work has appeared in Haaretz, The Forward, The Seattle Times, The Los Angeles Times, and other publications. Welcome back to Arab Talk, Richard. Thank you, Jamal. Great to be with you. So Israel's carnage at Al-Shifa Hospital turned up no Hamas command center, even embedded journalists from CNN... The New York Times, BBC would not corroborate Israel's claims. A BBC reporter pointed out numerous incidents of tampering and inconsistencies in Israel's video footage. Israel's propaganda is a shape-shifting sequence of lies that the public is no longer persuaded by. Is defending Israel becoming a liability for some mainstream news organizations? Well, I think the problem uh, that the news organizations face is that Israel has prohibited any media, uh, any reporters from entering Gaza. So the only 
media is from uh, stringers, uh, Gaza stringers themselves, and they're mostly photographers uh, documenting the uh, carnage that, that has happened there. So we're getting a skewed pro-Israel uh, media coverage. And I might add that the New York Times, several, uh, several journalists who work for the New York Times magazine were fired because they signed a statement opposing uh, what the U.S. is doing in Gaza. The poetry editor of the New York Times magazine re resigned because she didn't want to be part of this kind of overstepping of uh, the bounds of free speech by the uh, management of the New York Times. So the other problem that we have is that the only way in which reporters can, from outside can get into Gaza is by embedding with the uh, IDF. And when you embed with the IDF and you don't have any reporting from the other side, um, you're going to get, again, a totally skewed view uh, media-wise of what's going on. So what really is more miraculous is that despite all of this, Israel still is on the defensive and it still, as you said, has not been able to prove the contentions of the IDF uh, regarding uh, al-Shifa and, and other issues. So I think the entire IDF narrative that's being presented has to be treated with great skepticism. Another example of Israel's backpedaling on lies is uh, none other than Mark Regev himself. Readjusting the fatalities uh, of Israelis killed by Hamas because burned bodies were unrecognizable. This is an admission that Israel fired indiscriminately at both Hamas and its own citizens, which was reported, by the way, by um, some of the survivors. Uh, only Israel has arms capable also of burning bodies to this extent. Uh, what have you been? watching or reading uh, in the Israeli media about this subject? Well, two, two or three uh, Israeli survivors of that attack by Hamas on 10-7 um, have, have indicated uh, with eyewitness testimony that um, the IDF commanders on the scene uh, actually directed fire at buildings which contained the Hamas fighters, but also contained Israeli uh, citizens. And they did so deliberately knowing that um, they would be killing some of their own citizens. And uh, there's an important uh, IDF directive called the Hannibal Directive. And it uh, says that in order to prevent Israelis from becoming hostages to Hamas and thereby allowing Hamas to use them as bargaining chips to release Palestinian prisoners, that it's uh, permitted for Israeli forces to kill either their own soldiers who are to be kidnapped or uh, their own citizens. And in this case, I don't think that the IDF knew whether they would be citizens, uh, hostages or not, but they just felt they had to get rid of the Hamas fighters and they were willing to sacrifice their own citizens. Um, this was covered in two or three different media interviews. However, the government has uh, deliberately not discussed this and uh, no autopsies have been done on the Israelis who were killed to determine uh, which ones were killed by the IDF. Um, and this is just another example of trying to cover up the narrative and uh, trying to uh, uh, eliminate anything that would reflect badly on the IDF. Well, uh, let's, let's come back here to, it, to the uh, demonstrations right here in the United States. Uh, 
pro-Palestinian support is on the rise internationally. And of course, uh, when we talk about the United States, we'll also talk about the entire Western world and internationally. We're seeing demonstration numbers of hundreds of thousands. It's a broad-based uh, grassroots movements. Increasing numbers of anti-Zionist Jews are playing an important role. They've always been present. But, but do you think that uh, the war on Gaza has increased this number substantially? Well, I, I do think so. I think that Pew uh, Trust surveys of American Jewish opinion show that port is being peeled away uh, gradually w without even this attack, this heinous, uh, what I call a genocide against the uh, people in Gaza. And um, so we're peeling away support uh, among American Jews. And I think that that's even more exacerbated now with what's going on in Gaza. Um, I think gradually um, there is an increasing level of understanding of the genocide happening and also a decreasing uh, strength or power of the pro-Israel narrative, even though they were able to bring several hundred thousand uh, people pro-Israel demonstrations in, in uh, Washington. You have a battling narrative of the Jewish Voice for Peace, and if not now, and Students for Justice in Palestine, which I think is gaining increasing traction. In fact, uh, later this afternoon, I'm going to a, pro a Palestine Solidarity protest, and tomorrow uh, in Seattle here, there will be a Jewish Voice for Peace, and if not now, protest as well. And the point there is to show that American Jews are not a uh, monolith, and that they are not accepting the narrative of the Jewish communal leadership and the Israel lobby organizations, which are standing in lockstep with Israel. Um, and, and they're showing, I think that is proven, the power of, of what these two organizations are doing is proven by the fact that um, we gained another member of Congress, Jamie Raskin, who himself is Jewish, who has called for a ceasefire in Gaza and decried the uh, civilian toll that's being taken. And um, we're now in the low 20s in terms of members of Congress who have done that. And another thing that's really important is that uh, Jewish Voice for Peace, and if not now, closed all the entrances by sitting uh, sit in outside of the headquarters of the Democratic National Committee. There were 10 or 15 members of Congress who were Democrats inside the building. The police uh, uh, called a lockdown because they were frightened that this would be another uh, insurrection-type activity, even though the demonstrators were totally uh, peaceful. And the police used pepper spray on these Jewish protesters, and they carried them hogtied to uh, arrest them. So um, I think that members of Congress are being made to feel uh, that they're going to pay a price politically uh, for their remaining in lockstep with Israel. But let's talk about this. Uh, we're talking about these. Uh, let's contrast, actually, that with last week's march uh, for Israel. From what I've read, from what I saw, not grassroots, a pay-to-attend event where travel expenses and $250 were given to each, uh, or at least to the students, uh, mostly the young people, to each attendee. It also highlighted extreme right-wing Zionist supporters like Pastor John Hagee. He's on record as saying that God allowed the Holocaust so that Jews could return to Israel. Not good optics for Israel, do you think? Well, the uh, Israel and Campus Coalition was the one that paid these students to come 
to the rally. And that indicates that they were afraid that they couldn't get a youth uh, contingent to their rally. And I want to go back to the Pew uh, surveys, which show that Jewish youth are the most alienated from Israel. And so the way in which they have to entice uh, Jewish young people and college students is by paying them to uh, join this rally. And we should talk about um, the Israel on Campus Coalition and the work that they do on campus, because they not only pay students to attend these rallies, but they have informants, students that they recruit to spy on Jewish and Palestinian or pro-Palestinian groups on campus, like the ones I mentioned, JVP, and if not now, and Students for Justice in Palestine. Um, and they uh, uh, take video and photographs of students. They then send all of this uh, surveillance uh, data back to APAC or um, if uh, the uh, Israel and Campus Coalition. And they, in turn, according to the Nation article that just came out yesterday, uh, send that material back to Israeli ministries. So you, in, in effect, have the Israeli government through the Israel and Campus Coalition and APEC spying on these students. And then that information is used to dox these students. And uh, we have them doxed with trucks um, uh, traveling around the campus with their faces uh, plastered on the trucks, calling them terrorists, giving their home addresses, and giving their uh, their own social media accounts, meeting, making that public, and hoping that they can intimidate and frighten them and cost them uh, their careers as they transition from college into the uh, workplace. So this is a very frightening uh, campaign of intimidation that is uh, paid for with millions of dollars in contributions from pro-Israel uh, Jewish family uh, foundations. One is called the Schusterman Family Foundation, and they uh, contributed $8 million over a six-year period to fund this kind of attacks on uh, Jewish and, and Palestinian students. Well, there is a generational shift against uh, um, supporting Israel. Students and the younger generation on TikTok, for example, are educating themselves about Israel, uh, the Israeli occupation and are speaking out. Jonathan Greenblatt, uh, the head of uh, ADL, was recording uh, on a telephone call, on a recording on a telephone call, stating that the threat to Israel was no longer left versus right, but generational. Do you think uh, this shift has amplified the, the momentum of protests that are occurring worldwide? Absolutely. Um, I think that, as I said earlier, uh, American Jews are increasingly opposed to not only what's going on in Gaza, but just in general, the Israeli uh, fascist government and, and um, the attacks on, uh, on Palestinian villages trying to burn down the village of Huara um, and and killing Palestinian farmers in cold blood, killing livestock and, uh, and felling entire orchards of Palestinians. So um, we have American Jews, as, as I said, uh, gradually uh, peeling away from Israel. And then we have the evangelical Zionist movement, which is um, the new um, sort of uh, body or block of support for Israel, but even the, um, the young uh, evangelicals, as shown by polls, are themselves peeling away from Israel. So the more that Israel engages in this sort of genocide and this um, ethnic cleansing, both in Gaza and the West Bank, 
um, the less support it, it is getting. And despite all this, unfortunately, we have the U.S. government and uh, President Biden and Secretary of State Blinken remaining in lockstep with Israel. And that is increasingly cutting into support uh, for Biden. Uh, he lost 11 uh, uh, points of his approval rating in the last month, mainly because of uh, lockstep support for Israel. And his support in the Arab American community went from 49% to 17%. So I don't think that's Biden even, I is, think I think that's even exaggerated, the 17%, uh, especially in, in, in uh, uh, Michigan, where if he's not going to yeah. win Michigan, he's not going to win, period. Right, because it's a uh, one of the uh, battleground states that he really has to carry uh, some of those Midwestern states. He's got to carry, otherwise he he'll, he can't win. And he has a very tough election against um, um, Trump in spite of like, all of the uh, legal problems that Trump is facing. Um, uh, Trump is, is beating him in the polls right now. So uh, I don't think he can afford to lose the support that he's willing to lose. So I'm not sure what the political calculation here is because it's hurting him very badly. And that's to be expected. It's almost like these people in uh, the government are not aware or they're unwilling to deal with the fact that the American people are increasingly opposed to what's going on in Gaza. And um, the price that these politicians are going to have to pay in the 2024 election, you've got the House uh, uh, under contention and the Senate under contention. And this could really mean a drubbing for Democrats, in spite of the fact, I should add, that um, the pro-Israel PACs, that APEC runs, um, there are several other that are quasi-democratic PACs um, are going to spend tens of millions of dollars. I would estimate maybe as much as $100 million to um, make sure that Democratic candidates running are pro-Israel and uh, spending tens of millions attacking candidates who are willing to be critical of Israel. And um, you, you, they're going to pay a price in the elections, I think. Uh, for uh, what they're doing uh, here in supporting Israel. Yeah, well, definitely they're targeting the, the squad and uh, you're absolutely correct. They're designating $100 million. Even now, AOC and other uh, uh, progressive democratic candidates are mentioning that. They're, they're, for the very first time, they're going after APAC. I mean, they're mentioning APAC by name that they are trying to unseat them. And, and that's very troubling that you have an organization which uh, many uh, would argue that should be registered as a foreign agent. Don't you agree? Absolutely. In fact, I, I think that you could argue that the Israeli government is coordinating with APEC and these organizations and it, the, the government approves of, of attacking these members of Congress. So again, you have a foreign government trying to influence American political, uh, the structure of the American government and interfering in our political process. And the members of the squad that you mentioned have been talking pointedly about how the $100 million that we're talking about is poisoning American democracy. And the money is an, an attempt to create a pro-Israel uh, block in Congress and forcing members of Congress to stay in lockstep with Israel and letting them know that if they step out of line, they're going to pay a price. They're going to 
have a primary opponent that they wouldn't have. And that primary opponent is going to be richly endowed with campaign cash provided by these PACs. So I think it's very important that your listeners and all of us not only understand what's going on, but we try to counter the cash that's coming into these uh, pro-Israel candidates by making sure that we support with our donations all the members of the squad who are being primaried and who are facing uh, tough races. Because uh, campaign cash is really the only coin of the realm um, that unfortunately determines the outcomes of elections. And we have to make sure that our side is got as much money to fight back as the other side. We're seeing uh, Twitter uh, prohibit certain expressions, as uh, I just was reading today, Elon Musk, uh, expressions such as genocidal, um, uh, from the river to the sea, um, and uh, decolonization. Now that's uh, apparently for Elon Musk is a bad word. Uh, while a group of Zionist Jewish celebrities and influencers had a call with, uh, at the same time with TikTok about increased anti-Semitism. Talk about uh, spikes in anti-Semitism. Any hate crimes is serious, but there is this conflation of criticism of Israel and Zionism with anti-Semitism when we know most of these anti-Semitic acts are perpetrated by white supremacists. What do these increased spikes consist of? We've got this a strange uh, set of uh, events happening with Twitter in particular, where uh, white supremacists on Twitter uh, post anti-Semitic and blatantly anti-Semitic content online. A, they face no pushback from Twitter. They're not uh, disciplined and they're not suspended. Um, and in fact, Elon Musk approves of their statements. And one particularly egregious anti-Semitic statement he said, uh, responded something like, you speak the truth. And as a result of that, all of the major media companies have pulled all their advertising. And um, there's a huge amount of pushback because Media Matters was the one who pointed out that these major advertisers are having neo-Nazi, white supremacist host, uh, tweets, and their ads are appearing right next to them. And they don't want anything to do with that. And so um, they've heard Twitter um, in that way by pulling their ads. But I want to add that uh, in, in accord with what you were just saying about Musk, he said that uh, clauses said statements like from the river to the sea, he's agreed with the ADL that that statement is anti-Semitic. And you have the ADL, he, he's actually blaming the ADL for the advertisers leaving Twitter. And once Jonathan Greenblatt, the fellow that you mentioned, heard that the rip from the river from uh, from the river to the sea was going to be uh, eliminated on Twitter and people whose accounts used that term were going their accounts suspended or deleted um, the ADL being attacked by Musk re released a statement praising him for doing that and I want to talk just for a second about from the river to the sea that statement has existed for decades in the pro-palestinian movement and it does not mean genocide against the Jewish people or genocide against Israel, uh, as is claimed by the ADL. It means that we want a state that, uh, that a state of Palestine that is a democratic state for all its citizens, whether they be Jewish or whether they be Palestinian or Muslim or Christian or whatever. 
It's not a statement of genocide. It's not a statement that Jews and Israel are going to be thrown into the sea. Um, in addition, it's important to point out that the uh, slogan uh, from the river is, mir- is, mir- is mirrored in the uh, Likud and the, the early Jabotinsky uh, Zionist movement, which said there are two banks to the Jordan and both of them are ours. And that statement comes in the 1920s from Jabotinsky. So it's total hypocrisy to not acknowledge the territorial expansionist uh, philosophy of Zionism from the earliest uh, years of the movement and now blaming the Palestinian movement for being anti-Semitic or, or promoting genocide. The other thing I want to point out is that because the term genocide is being used in Gaza and, and harming Israel's uh, 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 the way it's viewed in the world, um, they have to, the pro-Israel side has to start using the term genocide and saying that the people in Gaza and the people in Palestine want a genocide against Jews, even though there's no possible way that the Palestinians, even if they wanted to, which they don't, could engage in genocide. They don't have the, the mechanism, they don't have the power or, or anything related to that that could uh, commit a genocide. The real genocide that we have to focus on is happening in Gaza and happening in the West Bank. And that's important to keep in mind with all of this pro-Israel propaganda. You, you know, it's it's kind of ironic when we talk about uh, the phrase from the river to the sea, which is basically what Palestinians are saying that they want to live free or live equally uh, in historic Palestine, because that's the the borders of historic Palestine from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. When you see uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, when he came to the United Nations, he was showing a map that included parts of Jordan and and the Golan Heights and uh, parts of uh, Lebanon and so forth, of the the map of a greater Israel. And no no one said anything about because what does that mean? Expansionism and genocide because when you expand, you have to ethnically cleanse the land that you're going to be occupying, and no one said anything about that. It's important to note that in the 1950s, um, Israeli military uh, officials, officers, produced memos in which they talked about what they wanted the borders of Israel to be, and they included all of this southern Lebanon uh, territory up to the Litani River, they included the uh, the West Bank, they included uh, Gaza, uh, as you said, the Golan, so uh, this is the Greater Israel Movement, which started in the 1970s, finally able to realize uh, much of its agenda, territorial agenda. Um, it hasn't yet gotten southern Lebanon because Hezbollah is standing in the way, and um, but the Palestinians can't vote as much uh, opposition um, as uh, Hezbollah has been able to do. But Israel, uh, let's talk about ethnic cleansing in Gaza. We haven't done that yet. Um, Israel has had two different proposals, one from the intelligence ministry and another from a think tank, saying that all of the Palestinians in Gaza should be ethnically cleansed and should be dumped either in the Sinai Desert with uh, tents. They're one of the reports is willing to give them at least tents in the Sinai after they're expelled. And another said that uh, the two and a half million Gazans should be brought to the outskirts of Cairo and put in a new housing uh, that would be built for them. So 
We have, and we have, in addition, the Israeli government itself officially has gone to six different states and said, would you be willing to have us expel several hundred thousand Palestinians? Um, and they said, no, they poured cold water on it. But in spite of that, Israel does whatever it wants. It asks for permission. When it doesn't get permission, it does whatever it wants. So you have the U.S. government saying that we do not support uh, cutting into the territory of Gaza, creating a new buffer zone, which is what Israel has done. We do not support um, um, Israel occupying Gaza after the war is over. In spite of that, Israel has totally erased everything in northern Gaza. 20% of Gaza is now completely devoid of houses and farmland, and, and nobody can live in that, um, in that uh, buffer zone. So Israel has gone ahead in spite of uh, the Americans' dis, uh, disapproval of uh, uh, ethnically cleansing northern Gaza. And it's basically doing whatever it wants. And the nations of the world and global entities have not stood up against this. And Israel is only taking advantage of their uh, unwillingness to act. There is a, of course, major scrutiny uh, of uh, pro-Palestinians, whether um, especially targeting young people, students in particular, uh, young Jewish Americans. Uh, students uh, now are being called uh, because they speak against uh, the genocide. They they are they are labeled as Hamas supporters or terrorists. Uh, Jewish students are now being targeted and, and, and uh, you know, before they used to use the label self-hating Jew, but now they're saying that they are not Jewish, even. They're doubting that they're saying that they are not, they are fake Jews. I've seen several testimonies as such. But there is no sanctions or scrutiny when it comes to the pro-Israel uh, or, or pro-Zionist uh, lobby. For example, you have March uh, Blackburn, the U.S. senator from Tennessee, who called for all Palestinians to be eliminated. And then just uh, recently, the deputy uh, speaker of the Israeli Knesset or parliament uh, uh, said that, uh, you know, burn Gaza. And, 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 and there is no, no sanctions, no criticism in, in the media, hardly any reporting on these topics. Uh, what do you think is uh, happening? Well, we have genocidal comments coming regularly from uh, members of the Knesset and even ministers in the government. One minister called for dropping an atom bomb on Gaza without realizing that it would also kill several million Israelis from the radiation uh, and whatever. And uh, so you have a, a, a strong movement in uh, the Israeli fascist government um, in favor of ethnic cleansing, in favor of uh, the genocide that's happening. But let's go back to the earlier part of your question, which is talking about what's going on in college campuses. You have three major universities on the East Coast, Brandeis, Georgetown, and Columbia, which is my alma mater. They have banned mine, mine two, major, two, major, um, uh, two major organizations, Jewish Voice for Peace and Students for Justice in Palestine. They banned them claiming that they explicitly support Hamas terrorism. And that is absolutely ludicrous. Um, what they don't like is these students have been willing to go on campus and demonstrate publicly and that the donors to the university have publicly said, we are going to stop giving to this university um, if 
it continues to allow this sort of student activism. And that's why they've violated academic freedom values and they violated the First Amendment, which entitles people to uh, speak out on political issues, um, including student groups on campus. So we see this increasing backlash by billionaire pro-Israel Jews who are funding the Israel on Campus Coalition, who are funding the kinds of activities, the doxing uh, that we were talking about. And we've got to fight back against that. Um, there's going to be a lawsuit by the AC, uh, ACLU in Florida because the governor of Florida said that he wanted to ban uh, Students for Justice in Palestine at all Florida state universities. And now there's going to be a lawsuit against the state because as a public university, they cannot discriminate, they cannot stop people and take away their right to free speech. So um, this is the pro-Israel movement in the United States attempting to make people, students, pay a price. And so some students have lost jobs at law firms. Uh, one student has, in addition to losing a job at a law firm, she's been basically sacked as president of the student body. Um, and uh, that kind of activity is uh, really intimidating and, and making uh, students think twice about speaking out on, on Palestine. One student, a Jewish student, said that after hearing that there was spying going on uh, inside these uh, pro-Palestinian pro, uh, uh, groups like Jewish Voice for Peace, it makes him realize that any student on campus that he talks to who's pro-Israel could be reporting anything he says back to APAC or Israel on campus, or and then going to the Israeli ministry. Um, and so they, they, if they decided, for example, they wanted to visit Israel, uh, they don't know if they'd be detained when they uh, arrived in Israel because it's illegal to support the BDS movement, for example. Um, and they could be detained, they could be deported um, if they if they uh, are found to be uh, supporting BDS. So um, there's uh, this uh, really uh, backlash that that violates American constitutional principles. And um, it, it is in trying to inject this pro-Israel ideology into American life. Um, and hopefully we're able to uh, fight back and resist. Richard Silverstein, uh, thank you for coming on Arab Talk. Thank you, Damal, for having me. Appreciate it. That's the voice in the face of Richard Silverstein. He's the editor of Tikkun Olam, the blog. It's a very compelling uh, interview that you did with him, Jamal. I mean, he's basically articulating the global turn against the the Israeli uh, uh, so-called military uh, engagement. It's because it is a genocide, but it appears, according to Richard, that the that the Israelis are losing the narrative battle globally right now. Well, no one is believing the Israeli military. After, especially after they've been caught with so many lies, including just, and this is amazing, that they've been challenged now by BBC and right. by CNN, pointing out to either that that they were basically giving them false information or unverified reports. And as I've been, I was talking with Richard, all these reports that they've had are embedded from CNN, Fox News, and, 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 and the New York Times, and they are not allowed to speak to any Palestinians. Imagine you're going to the Shifa hospital and you're listening basically to reports coming from the Israeli uh, military spokesperson. 
You're not allowed to talk to doctors. You're not allowed to talk to nurses. You're not allowed to talk to people who are being getting killed. And then they report on 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 this totally just like guided, like uh, with a niche a, a leash around their necks uh, to show them. And then we'll talk about, of course, why Israel is losing this PR uh, uh, and 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 media war, uh, which usually they just spend millions and millions of dollars uh, on it, along with their surrogates right here in 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 the United States will give some examples uh, how they got caught so if if listen if you catch somebody lying to you three times yes will you believe them the next time i mean usually you, you don't. don't believe them after the first time second time no, third time fourth time you don't you don't so, believe them so you know we, we'll go with the some of the stories that I'm sure uh, some of our viewers and listeners have have either watched on TV or on 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 social media, listened to, of course, starting with the the infamous calendar story where you got the spokesperson showing you a paper on the wall uh, of a hospital and saying these are terrorist names. You know, there are only <laughs> there are only a minimum of 350 million people who can speak and read Arabic, and I'm not even gonna count in uh, other countries like Pakistan and Afghanistan and and other countries and Iran uh, that uses Arabic script. So uh, and very simple words: Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday. Like so, you could easily read it. And the guy is just like with a straight face telling people. These are the names of the Hamas members. He's pointing to it, written down uh, with their shores on a daily show. Of course, you know, this video is still online. That's that's the funny thing. And then and then and then, of course, the Israeli media, I mean, the Israeli military uh, media apparatus puts out that video claiming that it is unedited and unaltered and so forth. And then. You have editors around the world who can run this video through software, uh, Final Cut Pro, etc., and watch it. And they were pointing out to several edits. Exactly. And, and pointing out the seconds. Exactly. So they removed that claim. They edited again, taking out that claim that this was unedited. So uh, this is just one of the stories. What other stories do you remember, Jess? Well, what, what actually, I should I, ask you, what other lies you remember? Well, I think the biggest lie so far is the so-called command and control center of Hamas uh, underneath Al-Shifa Hospital. It's been five days, Jamal. And do you and I actually believe if there was a sophisticated control and command center in Shifa Hospital after five days, does anybody in the world believe that there would be compelling video evidence put, you know, put forth by the Israeli media by now. But guess what they've shown? Absolutely nothing. It's been a complete disaster. This is the big lie. We think the Trump election story is the big lie. This is the big lie, Jamal. They say they're working their way. And, and, and this is really funny because uh, in, in so many days have passed by. You could transport an entire Hollywood set in five days and put it right there and then say <laughs> here is the command center and bring everything in and, and i should just say add to that that whole story because then with part of that video just when they started showing you weapons 
that we see every day when there is a drug bust right here in the United States or or some of the some actually somebody commented that most Americans have an arsenal uh, more than bigger than that bigger than that <laughs> and then they showed you that they were transporting boxes i mean it's kind of funny like uh, of of aid like water and what have you and, and 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 obviously these were the boxes that they brought in these weapons and then they have the audacity to claim that they were bringing in incubators and and President Such Biden President Biden repeats lie. that I know they're bringing in incubators to the hospital despite the fact that the hospital has incubators they lack fuel already they lack exactly. fuel they lack electricity for these uh, so they don't need incubators but they then need they, fuel they need the fuel so they go they go on with that lie oh we brought incubators to help these children and 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 of course we know a few days later as you've mentioned in the intro uh, the uh, premature kids uh, many of them icu patients have died they've died right. because they don't have electricity to run these incubators and uh, we can go on and on about but but jamal let's be real does anybody really believe the israeli military does anyone believe netanyahu does anybody really believe Biden anymore? The extent, the breadth, and the depth of the lies and the misinformation that's coming out is so bad, Jamal. Even the mainstream media here in the United States doesn't believe it. Even the mainstream media here doesn't believe it. That shows you the extent of the disinformation, the extent of the lies. And I, I'm sorry to keep going back to this. They base the entirety of the invasion of destroying civilian infrastructure in Gaza based on the idea of the command center under Shifa Hospital. A gross violation of international law, a crime against humanity, a, a war crime. And after five days, they have nothing. They have nothing. So I guess the message that we're, we've been saying for decades here in our show, we, you cannot believe a single word that the Israeli military, the Israeli media, or the Israeli government ever say about anything. Well, back to our, my conversation with Richard Silverstein, and and yeah. and, and that's the uh, the real prize. Just is the utter shock. And uh, of course, we talked about. I'm sure you heard the uh, the recording uh, with the head of the ADL talking about how they're losing this uh, whatever right uh, control over the over the narrative. And they're shocked to see time, day in, day out, hundreds of thousands of people are demonstrating and hundreds and, and thousands of people, despite of all the lies that they put out there, that beheadings of children, that was basically Never the, happened. The, the bunk. And yesterday, the, uh, the Israeli newspaper Haaretz published a report that what we were saying and what, what one of the uh, um, settlers who, who, who was, came under attack testified that, that uh, Israeli helicopters were shooting at them and killing Israelis. Haaretz published a, a report yesterday now that they are investigating that there, there was indeed a helicopter that shot at Israeli civilians. And that explains... When they were showing those uh, uh, the, the footage of charred bodies, okay, that doesn't come from because you have Hamas with an AK-47 or what have you. There were missiles that were shot at these buildings. That's right. Killing That's both right. Uh, Hamas members and killing Israeli families and That's killing right. babies. And this That's now, right. this has been confirmed 
yesterday by by Haaretz. You know, well, Jamal, but uh, Joe Biden is the one that he saw verification of the Hamas uh, fighters doing this. It was a complete lie. It was a complete, unfettered, categorical lie coming from the president of the United States. We've shown that multiple times. This Haaretz report, Jamal, is crucial. And I think our listeners obviously know that this is coming from this is coming from Israeli media. This is not even coming from uh, Arab media or you know, kind of any other media source. This is coming from an Israeli newspaper uh, making this claim, which is rather damning. Lie after lie, and one after the other, they get debunked. Uh, just you know, uh, almost on a daily basis. I can go on and go on. You know, they said they targeted a car with terrorists uh, uh, in Lebanon. And it emerged that 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 vehicle had three little girls, their mother and grandmother. Only right. the mom survived the shelling. So every day you find something, but they're telling you it's not true. And then when you talk about President Biden, President Biden just basically and sadly repeats what the Israeli or what Benjamin Netanyahu hands him to read. And that's that that's the fact. This is the fact. Did you see, for example, the press conference where they asked, the, uh, I think, the, the, the spokesperson for uh, the State Department, spokeslady uh, at the State Department, where did they get their information? They said, yeah, these are American intelligence. And the reporter asked her, do we have boots on the ground? <laughs> do we have basically CIA operatives right. in Gaza? That's right. And she said, no. That's right. So how do you get, how do you confirm reports when you don't have Basically, your own intelligence agencies operating in Gaza. And she, she doesn't want to say that we got them from wherever, the Mossad or Israeli, but then we say we have confirmed. How did, did, you, did you confirm this? It's a big lie, Jamal. That's why I think this big lie is bigger than the Trump big lie. Because with the Trump big lie, all there was was, uh, you know, kind of the unfortunate consequences, you know, to the... Uh, attack on, uh, you know, January 6th and the democracy, and we're still recovering from that. This big lie, Jamal, is resulting in, you know, close to 12,000 innocent men, women, and children in Gaza being slaughtered and murdered, almost 5,000 Palestinian children being murdered, malnutrition, uh, dehydration, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, infectious disease outbreaks in Gaza, lack of fuel. I mean, this big lie is causing a war crime, and that's why this big lie, to me, is the big lie of the century. And it has taken this lie to, to allow our mainstream media here in the United States to confront the kind of outrageous reporting on the beginning part of the, the, uh, the destruction and the genocide in Gaza, which they failed to report in an even-handed way. My question to you do you think this is really going to change the landscape of the U.S. media bias uh, just because they're confronting the lies of the Israeli military and the lies of the Israeli uh, leadership? Do you think it's really going to change here? Absolutely not. And, it and, won't. And, and then five years from now, uh, there'll be a discussion um, which basically happened after the war on Iraq. If you recall, during the war on Iraq, the media drank right. the Kool-Aid that uh, uh, Colin Powell uh, presented them 
with at the uh, UN Security Council saying that uh, Iraq had weapons of mass destruction. And we had also embedded journalists traveling with the U.S. troops and uh, confirming that they were looking for weapons of mass destruction and, and so forth. And, and then you had uh, media stations with, with American flags flut fluttering on the screen. And so they, they lost all sense of journalism and they just took one side and the media right here in the United States is taking similarly one side with the exception of the few. And, and now since the lies are coming out one after the other, as I, as I keep repeating, maybe later on after this, this is over, they'll start examining this, but then they'll go and repeat it in the next conflict and the next conflict. That's they, right. Because they never learn from their lessons. And the, the other thing I want to comment us uh, comment us on just is also like when you mentioned the word genocide and said no 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 there is no genocide when you have Israeli leaders confirming that there is a genocide or they are calling for a genocide, the latest of which is the deputy spokesperson uh, the deputy speaker of the Israeli Knesset who basically said that he wants to burn Gaza. He says that let's burn, burn Gaza. And nuke it. No, no, that's another one. Another one who says, let's nuke it. But this one, that's the minister, minister. I forgot what position in the ministry he has in the, in the government. But anyway, he said uh, nuking Gaza. And so you have every single day calls for genocide or cheering on the genocide. And sadly, every single congressman and congresswoman, senator and so forth in this country who is who basically they 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 issue press releases saying we're not going to stop uh, the war uh, let you know exactly. basically keep killing more children keep keep killing more civilians they are also part and parcel of this genocide well that's exactly right Jamal and actually it gets even worse you have the American Medical Association going on record as being silent Doctors are being killed and murdered in Gaza. Nurses are being killed and murdered in Gaza. Hospitals are being destroyed. It's a complete attack on the healthcare infrastructure. And you would expect the American Medical Association would say, stop this attack on healthcare infrastructure. It's a war crime. I can tell you that hundreds of letters have been written to the AMA demanding that, and there has been radio silence coming from the largest medical association in the world, actually, is the AMA. Radio silence, which is basically giving cover to the Israeli military to kill doctors, to kill nurses, to allow patients to die at the hands of this, uh, this genocidal attack by the Israeli military. So this will be on their conscience for the rest of their lives. We hear doctors in the United States, pro-Israel doctors, who are basically cheering on the fact that the healthcare infrastructure has been destroyed and that babies in the ICU at Shifa Hospital are dying because there's not enough fuel. They will have this moral stain on their souls, Jamal, for the rest of their lives. You've been listening to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco 89.5 FM. Go to our website, arabtalkradio.com, to download the latest shows, and we'll talk to you next week. See you next week.